When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Good morning, Angelica. Good morning, how are you? Good, and good to speak with you. And first to point out, you are Russian, and and here you are helping to get Ukrainian people to Ireland, which I think says an awful lot about ordinary Russian people. Um, yeah, I think so too. I am Russian. I have both Irish and Russian citizenship, but, you know, I identify as Russian. I speak Russian. Um, you know, I hope my kids will identify as Russians as well as Irish. And it does, yeah, it does totally say that not all, all Russians support Putin and not all Russians are Putin and not all Russians support the war. Why did you decide to get involved with helping people to get here? Uh, I'm a law graduate. I studied at UCC and I'm doing my FE1s now, which not not right now, uh, obviously, for the circumstances. And uh, this is my area of expertise. I'm the managing director of Time to Move Ireland, which is a relocation immigration agency. And that's what we do either way. We help people to immigrate, uh, whether temporarily or permanently, uh, to other countries, including Ireland. And this is just my area of expertise. And when the crisis started, we already had many clients who were from Ukraine or her, whose you know, parents might be in Ukraine and stuff like that. So it wasn't really even a choice. It was mm. like, yeah, we're going to do this. Like, there is no way around it. Sort of spin. Now, Polish people have been freely coming and going to Ireland for years, for example, because Poland is is in the EU, but just over the border, Ukraine is not mm-hmm. in the EU. So simplify it down, Angelica. If Polish citizen can come and go to Ireland as they please, correct? Not so yeah. for Ukrainians. So what was the difference? I mean, I know that the Minister for Justice has made changes, which makes it much easier. But So what traditionally were the difficulties for Ukrainians coming here? The main difficulty was the visa requirement, meaning that every national of Ukraine had to obtain a special visa in order to come to Ireland. Uh, Many of the European countries that are part of the Schengen zone, which Ireland is not part of, uh, waived visas for Ukrainians a couple of years back, and they were freely moving within the Europe, but not to Ireland. So uh, the visa requirement, like some people don't maybe understand what is visa, uh, basically, you apply uh, to the embassy, uh, like to the Irish embassy in Kiev, uh, with your documents, uh, with your financial statements saying that you have a steady income, uh, that you have enough money saved for the trip to Ireland, that you're p- trying to prove that you're not going to stay in Ireland illegally, that you're going to come back uh, and all that. So there is a lot of documents uh, that needs to be submitted. And obviously, the embassy takes time. And like sometimes they can review it even for three months. So during these three months, people don't know if they're going to be granted visa or not. Mm. And uh, people might be coming here to visit friends, families, to study, even to work, you know. Um, So, yeah, it's not simple process. 
And in some cases, there would be also uh, refusals of visas, which is very much a case for non-EU nationals worldwide, mm. not just Ukraine. Now, Minister McEntee last week, uh, the week before, waived the need for a visa. How big a deal is that, Angelica? That's a huge deal because obviously, like Ukraine isn't the most uh, richest country in Europe and uh, there are not that many people who can afford visa for starters. Like they, they can't show steady income that Ireland wants to see because for within the current requirements, you have to show at least 500 euro a month that you can spend in Ireland which is quite a big money for Ukrainian nationals. Whereas now Ukrainians can just, you know, arrive to Ireland and they get their stamp, um, their passport is basically stamped at the airport for 90 days. Mm. So it's a tremendous change. It's huge change, especially if you consider that there aren't that many visas for Ukrainian nationals to come as a family. For example, student visas uh, do not allow for family reunification, meaning that if, you know, you want to get a better career and you feel that you need to learn English in order to do that, or if you need to get a master degree from Trinity, for example, or UCC, uh, you effectively have to leave your family behind and mm. finish your studies in Ireland and then come back. There is no option for you for your family to join you on really no base basis. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, now they can you know come as a family and live here in Ireland. So it does open a lot of doors to Ukrainians who would have not had an option either way like okay. before. That's that's a huge change then. So the work it of your agency yes. at the moment. What what are you doing to help people to to get here? Well, look, we're doing actually several things. Uh, we started with just uh, offering accommodation. We reached out to the Irish public and we had quite a good response like Barra that was yesterday on the show. Uh, he was one of the first persons, volunteers who reached out and said, look, I have a house that can accommodate refugees. Just send them in, give me info. I'm here to help. And there are many people like that. Like we have... Um, a guard sergeant in Dublin who reached out to us as well, and there is a family living with him in Dublin now. Mm. So w we have lots of people reaching out and doing that. Uh, so that's when we started. We're like, okay, we have some accommodation. We can, you know, conduct refugees with hosts here in Ireland, with volunteers here in Ireland. Mm. Uh, the second part that we started doing was free English classes because my company has lots of partnerships with English language schools here in Ireland. I basically wrote them an email saying, look guys, we have a crisis here and I'm asking for anything, like anything you can offer us, we will take it. And a few schools did answer our call and even reached out first, like International House Galway uh, gave us 13 scholarships for 25 week course uh, in their school for free mm -hmm. and to mind you this course would usually cost about three thousand euro for a non-eu student which you know school is basically <laughs> giving that money away and we've already filled the scholarships and these people the refugees come in to study english there um, now atc in dublin gave us three scholarships uh school in malahide uh, irish college of english gave us two so uh, you know, and we're still like we had a meeting with Marketing English in Ireland. Um, that's an association of English language schools sure. in Ireland. 
and we talked about other schools, uh, you know, how they can help. If it's not scholarships, mm-hmm. then maybe, you know, some online classes, maybe yeah. once a week, uh, you know, speaking club or how yeah. to find a job or how to write a CV club or something like that. Angelica, so, is, is English taught in the Ukrainian school system? I ask because since we started talking about this crisis, I've been hugely impressed by the quality of English among many of the Ukrainian people I've spoken to. So is it is it taught in the school system? It is taught, yes, but to mind you, the people who are coming, like um, families, especially women and children, they would not speak any of the English. Like the stu- the, the reason why we are locating those places, uh, because lots of Ukrainians don't speak any English. They like they barely know hello, mm. and it's very hard for them to come into any country, uh, you know, without the language skills and uh, to start their life from the scratch essentially. Okay, okay. So, when, when, yeah. when they come and there seemed to be a big response, the Red Cross said there's been a very big response to people wanting to help, like like Barra helped and others coming through yeah. your agency are helping. Unfortunately, there's not going to be enough of that help. Some people are going to have to go into hotels. That's going to be difficult for them. Absolutely, yes. I mean, we're very thankful to the government of Ireland that they are providing at least the hotel accommodation. And as far as I understood, that accommodation will be switched for the mobile homes at some point within the direct provision. But, you know, it's always um, for for a person who did come to Ireland on my own, uh, I found it beneficial when I was immediately leaving uh, I was like the first time I came to Ireland, I was just living with a girl from England and uh, I came on a work permit. So I was working with Irish speakers and Irish nationals and English nationals and Polish nationals and all that. And it did help me to start my life here. It did help me to feel home, to feel like I can do things here, to know my rights, to understand how everything works essentially and to understand the cultural differences as well. So I think it's very important for anybody who is coming to a new country to be engaged in the community and to be able to start living within the community. People who are being left at the hotel, they're not given that opportunity. Yes. And they're basically what I would be afraid of is, you know, completely close community of Ukrainians who, you know, don't know anything about Ireland and are not being exposed to, you know, the community here in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Uh, like basic things, you know, their kids might not be going to school and they might not be starting even to learn English, uh, which is, you know, bad. <laughs> yeah, I understand. But we it don't could, want that. We and want to be able to help people to integrate because they may be here for quite some exactly. time. And some of them may decide they want to stay. Here's a question that has come in, Angelica, um, from a listener. And I think there's a point being made here. Supposing someone comes over under these present positions, settles here, gets a good job with a good company, and, and then they realize, Do you know what, I'd actually like to stay. I'd like to stay with my family. We're safe. We've got a good job here. Then the war is settled, shall we say. There might be peace or mm-hmm. treaty or whatever. Would they then have to go back uh, or could they be granted mm-hmm. leave to stay? Because the last thing we want in six months to a year's time uh, is that people who are happy here and have settled here and have good jobs mm-hmm. here, that we're sending them home? 
I don't know the answer to that question. What I know now from the legal point is that temporary protection is being granted for a period of one year with the permission, you know, to be extended for the further periods of two years initially. Now, we don't know what's going to happen in three years time. We do hope that the war will be, you know, short and the peace will be, you know, within the few weeks time. And, you know, something is going to happen. But obviously, like you can imagine, people left their home and like we have some people who don't have any more home, like their home was destroyed. They have nowhere to return to. That's right. I mean, and, uh, like, and I think I don't in a way that's, that may be the people that our listener is thinking of that they, they you know, they, they don't have I a suppose, home to yeah. go to. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's also a question of everybody in terms of like, if I was a person who is fleeing war and I found a place that I really like and, you know, I get a good job and, you know, I, maybe I find somebody I love and get married and stuff like that. Would I go back? I don't know. I mean, it's a question for everybody. Like, I have uh, my colleague and my friend is actually in Ukraine with her son and her husband. And we've been in contact since it was started, so for two weeks. And she has been at the border of Romania for two weeks. And she's not leaving Ukraine because she's afraid she will never see her husband again. And that's a very, you know, difficult choice to choose, you know, safety for yourself and your son or to stay with your loved one. And I do know that they are going to stay there until almost the end, until she doesn't have that choice anymore. And uh, obviously, like, she doesn't want to leave. Like, they were happy there. They had a house, well, an apartment. They were living in Kiev. They both have very good jobs. You know, he's in IT. She works with with us uh, as a consultant. And, you know... Yeah, it's pe- people are not leaving because they like Ireland. People are leaving because their house is being bombed. That, that, that puts it. That puts it. That puts it absolutely straight and plain. And thank you so much for doing so, Angelica. Can I ask you a question? Of, I suppose it's yeah. based purely on opinion, and you being Russian yourself, and obviously apart from helping people, which is wonderful, you're keeping a very close eye on the situation. In your own personal, purely personal opinion, do you think this will end anytime soon? I hope so, yeah. I hope so. Mm. I I don't know. Yes. <laughs> but I hope so, yeah. We we all hope so. I know. Angelica, you're doing wonderful work and it's a pleasure to speak with you on the opinion line. Uh, your agency is called Time to Move Ireland and they can find you online, can they? If, if anybody wants to help. Yeah, they can find us online and uh, my email is asamulova or info at time to move Ireland.ie. Okay. So okay. you can raise email. Pleasure to speak with you on the opinion. If there's anything we can do at any point to help your work, then you know where we are. That's Angelica Samuliva. Um, time to move. Dot IE. Quartz 96 FM.